This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. I'm dancing all by myself today, I'm afraid to say. Dean is standing by, but the power of technology is not working in his favor today. So you've got me, just me, until unless he can sort out the, the waves that are up in the atmosphere and have them connect to us here in the studio. So Welcome to the Garden Show. It's a gloomy, kind of a gray day at my house. Uh, mild, though, five degrees. I know Dean got a bunch of snow, like, I think all week. I'm not sure, but I think he had lots of snow. So maybe his is melting. My my snow melted away. We're back to green lawns and, well, mostly green lawns and bare earth. Hey, if you'd like to call, I'd love to speak. I'd love to hear about what's going on in your garden, your tips, your tricks, your questions, anything that's going on locally. The number is 416-360-0740. And if you're outside the GTA calling area, call through the number 866 740 4740. And if you're a first time caller, of course, let Ashy know. And the best I can do is clap my hands because I don't have any chimes handy at this point. But we love to hear from first time callers. It's always nice to welcome new voices and new questions to the show. You know the mantra call early, call often, and one question per caller. Uh, I do have a, a one announcement and I have some homework from last week. So one announcement is to remind you about the Toronto Botanical Gardens Holiday Market. It is open again this weekend. Make sure I got my weekends right. Um, well, hold on. Now I am confused. Oh, no, today's the ninth. Yeah. Oh, so it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Sorry. It's not this weekend. Don't go to TBG for the holiday market this weekend. It's next weekend. So it's open Friday from 2 to 8, and then Saturday and Sunday from 10 until 4. It's pretty cool. It's all local vendors with all kinds of neat stuff. So there'll be, um, obviously, some lovely foods. They have a kind of a neat thing they've set up, a 17-foot human-sized terrarium, which kind of just sounds like a greenhouse to me. But anyway, there is a 17-foot terrarium filled with tropical plants and of course you can step inside the terrarium have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee sit down relax grab a bite to eat chit chat with master gardeners all kinds of cool stuff so um yeah great spot to pick up some of those gifts you might be looking for for some of the gardeners in your life and um i will maybe just quickly mention the homework that I had. Oh, I'm seeing somebody. Is that you, Dean? I'm here, yeah. How are you? Ah, good morning. I'm great. How are good you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, 
you're in the middle of your announcements and you're you're talking about your homework. I know. I was just going to say, but we'll stop. We'll hold on and just give give um Dean another nudge and see if he's awake yet. <laughs> <laughs> and have have we given out the numbers? We have, but okay. um, you know what? I'll tell you what. Why don't you do the numbers one more time? We'll go to break and then I'll come back. I have some homework from last week. Okay, you got it. So, yeah, the numbers to call 416 360 0740. That's the Toronto number. Or if you live outside Toronto, anywhere in the province of Ontario, 1 866 740 740. Do let Ashley know if you're a first time caller. I'll give you those. And uh, of course, call often, call early. And one question per call, please. We will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show. And just a very, very quick update, I have to say. I am claiming success with my bird feeder. Um, Yeah. Because it, the seed got, does go down, we get birds there all the time, and I have spaced it in such a way that uh, that routinely the squirrels cannot get to it. And so they just hang out at the bottom and get all the pieces yeah. that fall. So it's Good. fine. Everybody's living in harmony. And they're not going up the pole, the squirrels? No, I don't think they can. It's too high and it's just too, yeah, it's oh. too narrow or metal or what, you know, it's a metal yeah. pole. And doesn't just, matter, man. They got like suction cups for feet. Yeah, they don't. They don't seem to be going. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen them a lot. But uh, oh, anyway, everybody on. seems to be living in harmony, which is good news. Very nice. Yeah. And remember, Vaseline is your is your plan B if they start right. going up the pole. <laughs> right. It, that works. It really works. I would imagine. Yes, I would not want and, to uh, and try and climb up a Vaseline pole myself. <laughs> like that. It's and it's a little less expensive than that fancy squirrel off uh, spinning bird. Oh yes. Yes, the um, the buster, the squirrel buster. Exactly. Now, did you want to do your homework first? Or do you want me to yeah, go? Yeah, may I just um, intervene? Yeah. Hopefully, Jennifer is listening. She called us last week from St. Catharines, and she had a begonia that she had bought this past summer or spring and enjoyed it all summer. And it has, she's brought it in and it has powdery mildew and she didn't know what to do. And I, it was hard to tell her what to do right away because there's so many different kinds of begonias. Some begonias are designed to go dormant. They grow from a tuber and they go dormant for the winter. Some begonias are designed to be houseplants and they have regular root system and they're happily, merrily growing all year round with no dormancy. The one she has is one of the proven winners called Soleni. And Soleni is a highly hybridized um, begonia. So it has genetics connected to the tuberous begonias or the, the, the called Rieger begonias that have the, the tuber attached. So of course, that's the challenge. If she, if she tried to lift the plant out of the pot and find the, the tuber below, she won't find one because there is no tuber. But the genetics of the plant says, I have to go dormant because winter's coming. So leave me alone. I'm going to sleep. And then it will just die. <laughs> so it's a challenge. And and the growers know this. So just to be you know, perfectly honest, they know this and that's why they grow them because you'll never keep it alive or you'll rarely keep it alive over winter. And meanwhile, you'll just have to buy another one next spring. 
Right. However, I found the secret. So if Jennifer's listening, here's the bottom line with her begonia. It wants to go dormant, but she can't let it go dormant because, like I said, it will die. So instead, this is going to seem like a hard thing to do, but get out your scissors, cut it back, cut it back to being like one to two inches tall in the pot. That means stems, leaves, maybe even flowers are going to drop right off. So cut it right back hard. Keep it in an, a, a bright spot in your home, obviously warm and bright. It will start to grow new stems from the, where you've cut it back. To keep it bright, like I said, very little water is required because you've removed so much of the foliage. Temp, cooler temperatures are better rather than warm temperatures. So anywhere between 7 and 13 Celsius is optimal, but nice and bright. And uh, let it, let it, like I said, it'll start growing. Give it a month or six weeks. At that point, you could take some cuttings from that new, what's coming off the plant, which will give you a plan B for more plants. Otherwise, you can just leave it alone. It'll just get, you know, stems and leaves. Keep it bright. Keep it cool. Water as necessary. Feel the soil. And in the spring, start to fertilize again. Flower buds will form and you'll be back into business to go outside once you've hardened it off. In terms of the powdery mildew, of course, remove leaves that show that powdery finish to them. So those need to come right off, get right into the garbage. And to avoid the powdery mildew, keep do not miss this plant, keep it in the sun, keep it, you know, like good air circulation. And of course, when you're watering, don't overwater. And of course, don't water the leaves. Okie dokie. Okay. That is a, uh, that is a fair amount of homework you did. That's a story. Eh? Yeah, that is a story and a half. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to our first caller. We have uh, Levzek calling from Mississauga. Welcome to the garden show, Levzek. Uh, good morning. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, I'm calling uh, because, uh, actually, for a friend of mine, um, she uh, she brought she had a lot of plants, pot plants, uh, potted plants uh, outside during the summer and and fall, and mm -hmm. she brought it inside, and uh, there are quite a few pots uh, in the basement and upstairs, and uh, she uh, says uh, unbearable small. Flies are coming out of these pots. I don't know mm -hmm. if the origin is plant, uh, plant uh, are plants uh, themselves or the soil. And uh, basically, the, 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 the flies are flying. The flies are crawling yeah. on the floors. And yeah. she doesn't okay. have no idea how they are unbearable, she says. And uh, oh, yeah. she has no clue how to deal with it. All right, so here's what she should do. And I know it is so frustrating. It's like, they're like fruit flies. They're very small, they're black, and they fly around, they go up your nose, and it's just frustrating. But what they are is they're called fungus gnats. So G-N-A-T-S, fungus gnats. G-A-U-T-S? G-N-A-T-S. Okay. So it's gnats or gnat. Yeah. The G is silent. So okay. fungus gnats are insects that live in the soil. They are generally not touching the plants whatsoever. What they're doing is they're eating fungus in the soil. Once they eat the fungus, they grow little tiny larvae, little caterpillars, tiny. They grow up to be flies. They fly around, drive you nuts, and then drop back into the pots to lay eggs. And this, the whole cycle starts again. How does she eliminate them? Two ways. Number one, stop watering. 
cut way back on her watering. Tell your friend that she needs to let the pots dry out as much as she possibly can in between watering. That will lower the amount of fungus in the soil and that will lower the population of gnats because the insects, the, the population is completely proportional to the amount of food. So lowering the watering lowers the fungus, lowers the population of, of insects. And one other thing, go to the store, any garden center or home store will have a product called Sticky Sticks. So Sticky, sticky Sticks. And, or you can buy them online too, S-T-I-X, Sticky Sticks. Okay. So these are like flypaper. They're yellow, they're sticky. You follow the instructions, go around to each of the pots, put the little uh, sticky yellow paper onto the, the little post into the pots and she'll trap the adults. It will take a few weeks. It could take three or four weeks, but she should be able to eliminate them all. Okay. All right. Thanks. Uh, I believe she 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 put some uh, uh, yellow uh, sticky sticks. Uh, she mentioned. Uh, okay, but the second. Okay, good. Uh, first, good. She's, first so she's on the right track. She just needs lots of sticky sticks if she has lots of pots. Okay, and stop watering as much as possible. Exactly. Uh, uh, just let the plants uh, live, but uh, very, very dry. Exactly. Like I mean, you don't want to kill them with no water, but you do want to not. So the idea is water them when they're dry, but let them dry out between waterings. Okay. So not a little bit every day, but a good watering every two weeks or whatever makes sense. Every two weeks. Okay. Great. Thank okay. you. I appreciate Thanks. it. Uh, Thanks for calling. Thank you. Yeah, sounds like a, uh, well, we've talked about this before, but it sounds like a very frustrating problem. Yeah, well, it's just, it, it's, you know, people hate fruit flies. And yeah. then fungus gnats, it kind of feels the same way. It feels, you know, it feels like you have cockroaches in your house or something. You know what I mean? It just yeah. feels dirty somehow for a lot of people. They don't like insects in their house. Gotcha. So, so this is going to take me, like, it's going to take a bit of time, about a week or so? Yeah. Yeah, it could take a couple of weeks, um, okay. depending on how many plants she has and, and how she's able to deal with it. But, you know, back in the days when I used to work at the garden center, we had a soil drench that you could put on the soil, insecticidal drench, that you would run through the soil to kill the insects. That is no longer available to um, the homeowners. It also wasn't good for the plants, and it smelled really bad. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was so great, but it was a little more um, um, instant in terms of the, the death. Gotcha. Okay, so the, the, the yellow, bright yellow sticky sticks are the way to go, though. Mm-hmm. They work. Okay, uh, before we go to our break, here's the numbers again, 416-360-0740, Uh Give us a call. Lines are open. Uh, indoor question, outdoor question. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show. And, uh, Charlie, not that we can do anything about it, but what's your take on this weather as far as the, the plants right now? Because, I mean, we're looking at highs in the province of 12 and 14. I think uh, Windsor's thinking maybe 14 today. Wow. Shorts and T-shirt weather. 
Yeah. I didn't even know that. What's going on at your place? Is the snow all melting today? Uh, you know what? It's typically it stays on the hill because, of mm. course, what they mm. do is it's a little bit of a higher elevation. Yeah, and ski hills ski hills opened up this past week. Oh, um, the other thing is is that when it hovers around zero, they can make and make and make and make, and so mm. that builds it up. And as you mm. know, if you have a block of ice, even <clears throat> if it's sitting at two degrees, it still maintains it for a long time. So there is snow on the hill, but basically our yard is now completely no snow. Yeah, it's all. Oh, snow. really? I yep. wondered. Yeah, I'm I'm got no snow, and I did have snow so i've uh, not a lot i had you know a, a good little dusting for the last few days but now it's gone because we're about five degrees right now right yeah uh, we uh, we're, we're at seven we're at about wow. seven yeah but they're saying well, that by they're saying uh, the forecast is and of course it may or may not but they're saying that by one or two p.m here in collingwood it could be 12 okay so you're wondering how that affects nature it it's confusing for not just the plants but think of the birds the insects are gonna wake up like one day a week or so ago it was a very mild day and the flies were waking up now they're they're very slow they're very bumbling around but it's warm enough that their little body the physiology says oh time to get up time to get going so, yeah, I mean, imagine trying to be a bear hibernating when it's 14 degrees outside. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, right? It just doesn't work. So, yeah, it's very confusing for nature when this happens. So we hope that it's just a short blip and everything gets back to regular because you don't want stuff really waking up. It's one thing to kind of shake your head and go, what's going on? It's another to have this go on for days and days. Yes. Now, it is, I, I think, again, our forecast is saying that by Monday it could be back down to zero and it's going to bounce around that. But, uh, yeah, un, unseasonally warm right now considering mm-hmm. it's the 9th of December. Well, maybe some of my grass seed will start growing. I'm kidding. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, it <laughs> won't, go. but it might. You never know. <laughs> okay. I have um, Mary on the line from Etobicoke, and Mary is a first-time caller. Ooh. Welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm very good, good. indeed. I, uh-huh. I would I, love to give you your garden wings before you ask your question, okay? Okay. There you go. You earned it. Welcome, Welcome <laughs> oh, to the show. Now I feel blessed. Uh, Yes, my problem is I have a palm tree in the house, in Mm. my living room, and it's by Mm. the front window. I've had it for about 40, 45 years or more, something like Mm. that. Wow. And uh, I had this problem that I have now that I'm facing. I had this earlier about six months ago. all the leaves are starting to turn brown and die. And um, there's two stems coming out of the ground, like out of the mm-hmm. base. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the, the, the leaves on it, they're long, narrow leaves. They must mm-hmm. be about uh, 12 inches long, the leaf itself. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. on, there's uh, one, two, there's three Three trunks coming mm. out of the out of the earth, right. and the, that's a an amazing length of time to keep a, a a palm indoors alive. If you um if that's exactly what you got going on there, uh, forty yeah. odd years with a palm tree is you know good on you. You've done something very right. So oh. what's going on now is an interesting question when it's been that long. <clears throat> so it's just started about six months ago. A lot of browning. Yeah, it did. My f- and and then then uh. We got we got rid of the brown leaves and mm. we were able to save the tree. The, well, mm. I call it a tree. It's it's about mm, yeah. feet tall, and uh, 
we're able to save it and bring it all back to green again. And mm. now it's it's going that way again. And there's so a lot even... of brown, all the leaves on. I, I must, last night I must have taken about to 15 of these long leaves off. They were dead. And there's still some on the branches now. Uh, they're green. Nice. Some are nice and green. And there's more. They're all starting to turn brown again. Okay. So let me just ask you a couple of questions. This plant is obviously in a very large pot, and you've had it for a very long time. When was the last time you fertilized it? Uh, well, we 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 water it with. Uh, we put some something in the water, and when, when water, I water okay. my house plants every week, and okay. I have uh, uh, something that you buy and and you. Mm-hmm. You just make you put it's liquid and you put uh, sure. some of it some into drops, the probably water. It's Schultz. seven <laughs> magical drops. Okay, when palm leaves turn brown, there's a couple of different reasons. And what for I'm going to make a couple suggestions. One is, do you have a moisture meter that's a long probe that goes into the soil with a little meter on the top and it tells you how dry or wet the soil is? at the bottom of the probe. Do you have one of those? No, no, I don't. I would get one of those because with a big pot, uh, it's very hard to know the moisture requirements down, you know, eight inches down into the pot. On the surface, we can feel the soil, but when we water on the calendar, it doesn't work year round. Plants use a lot more water in the summer than they do in the winter. So it is possible that the watering you did all spring and summer was fine once a week, but now that the days are shorter, everything is different for plants. They they slow down for the winter. You're ending up right now overwatering by maintaining the same um, system that you had all spring and summer because our house plants need less water typically in the winter. So number one, I'd get a moisture meter. I would also with a very bright, bright light, take a very close look for any kind of webbing on the plant. Palms are famous for getting spider mites. You won't see the spider mites, but you will see the webs, very, very fine, fine, um, you know, literally spider webs between the leaves in the axles or the crotches between the leaves. Look with a really bright light for any kind of webbing. <clears throat> Use um, even a, a Mr bottle full of water. If you spritz water onto the plant, if there is any webbing, the water will, little beads of water will hang in the webs if there are spider mites. And they are very difficult to kill. But meanwhile, at least you know what's going on. Um, Otherwise, yeah, palms get brown tips, which is generally either overwatering or underwatering leave palm leaves get brown spots which again can be overwatering it can be getting chilling it can be um you know various sundry things um <coughs> palms get complete brown leaves and again <coughs> lower leaves turning brown is normal but as soon as you've got lots of brown leaves we start getting worried about overwatering and um and just you know the care not being quite perfect. So so do what I say first. Do the moisture meter. You do not want to keep the plant soggy. That will be causing brown leaves. And look very, very closely for any insects. Let And then call me back. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, you're a very popular person, so <laughs> I better give myself quite a bit of uh, free time beside the phone. <laughs> okay. Well, if well, you call early in the show, you can almost always get through. Remember, we start at 9. You mm-hmm. call right at 9.01. You'll be the first caller. <laughs> I've tried on a few occasions. Ended okay. up saying, never mind, I'll try again next week. <laughs> mm. Oh, well, Ashy is okay. our, our person now who answers the phone, and she is absolutely splendidly great. So she will be right there waiting for your call. Okay, well, okay. I will check the plant over. Oh, I'm looking at it now, and I'm almost tearful. It's been with me for yeah, so many yeah, years. For so long. And, no, that's yeah, oh, be horrible to lose it. So, so yeah, do what I said. Get a moisture meter. Get Find out if there's any insects on there, and we'll talk again. Thank okay. you, and don't be a stranger. Okay, thanks okay. so much for the call there, Mary. <laughs> okay, uh, let's. Uh, I was going to say, my goodness, that palm tree is is older than any. Well, double, almost double than any of my children. <laughs> I know it's a. That's a. She has really. That is a, amazing wow. because palm trees number. are. Yeah, are not easy to keep alive. It's one thing to keep a, a Christmas cactus or yeah. a geranium for a hundred years, but to keep a palm for forty years, that's great. That's she's totally done something very right. Impressive, impressive. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go now to uh, Gabriella. She is calling from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Gabriella. Yes. Good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah loud and clear. Okay. Uh, I bought a couple of amaryllis. Uh, you know the bulbs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. concerned because. Um, one has a bit of growth on it already. It's about, mm-hmm. let's say, three inches high. So I used mm-hmm. up the full bag of soil, mm-hmm. and the other one has a small bit. So I mm-hmm. put them nicely in my west window. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, like I try to read the instructions. I haven't done this in ages, and my cousin from Ajax actually bought me one many, many years mm-hmm. ago. And mm-hmm. I myself bought some over the years, but... Uh, I'm taking notes while you're talking to other people, too. So that's, yeah, that's very cool. helpful. Yeah, so, we can talk uh, about emeralds for sure. So what are you worried about? Just that week, they're not growing week, yet? A week, yeah. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. There's, they're slowly waking up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Don't overwater them. You, so you, you moistened the soil that came in the little kit, and you planted the bulbs, and you've got them sticking up about halfway out of the soil, right? Yes, yes. Perfect. And nice and moist, planted them up. They're in pots with drainage, I hope. Well, it comes in a kit, you know, for lazy people like me. That don't want to spend $22 on a full-grown one or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those kits don't have pots with holes. I just wondered if there were drainage holes. They're drainage holes. Sweet. And then they give you a little saucer. Nice. Saucer, so, you know. Yep. Perfect. So you know what? Just as long as you and I said, okay, like let's just relax. Take yeah, it exactly. easy. Exactly. Be patient. Patience is part of gardening. So as long as you've planted them up properly, you've got them in moist soil, you've got them in a sunny window, just make sure there's no hot air blowing on them. There's no vent. Uh, near the window if there is then you're going to get a little vent deflector and you're going to deflect the hot air away from the plant because that hot air will dry out your plants the you know you need the furnace on but you don't want it drying out your plants so do that 
Uh, and otherwise, yeah, just be patient. Um, amaryllis, once they start to grow, I find it does take them about, you know, 10 days or so to really get growing. They're, they're always take a, take a little while to really get, to really wake up. Yeah. So be patient. Okay. <laughs> Easier said okay. than done. <laughs> so just find a nice spot to sit and watch your amaryllis <laughs> that's right well, well no they're they're in my bedroom you know and that's the best room in the house because i've got yeah. the double windows i got the sun in the afternoon from the west you know from the west and so on and i got my oh. little tally my half fridge and all that so you know yeah but i hate that's going great. up and down with the stairs you know the the uh, the humidity is really bad. But I was wondering, how much would a meter, moisture meter cost? Any idea? Like 10, uh, I was going to say $10. Uh, might be more than, might be 12 Gosh, with inflation, who knows? Maybe they're up to $20 yeah, okay. by now. But it shouldn't be a penny more than that. It really should be about $10. It's just a little probe with a little meter on top and a little battery. And it just tells you. But with something like an amaryllis, you can feel the soil. And it's not a really deep pot. So you can really feel if the soil is spongy, don't water. Once the soil feels dry, then water. Um, but, yeah, don't, don't be... Uh, particularly con concerned and once they start to flower of course you want to get them out of your bedroom and put them on the you know the kitchen table or the dining room table so you can really enjoy them uh, during the day you know it's, mm -hmm. it's an old house and there's only t one tiny window in the kitchen and yeah. the other room at the back of the house part of my addition it's mm -hmm. not that warm because they say right. in the instructions to put it in the warm environment Sure. To, for it to wake up, it needs warmth. But once it starts flowering, the cooler the temperature, the longer the flowers will okay, last. Let me write so. this down because I take notes when you talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, you off. write that down, Gabriella. And remember, everybody, there is, this show is podcast. So you okay, can listen again to the show uh, yeah, after okay. a couple of days have gone by. It's just going on the web well, to am740.ca. .ca. Okay, got to run, Gabriella. We have a commercial break, and so we got to thanks, thanks for the call. For calling. And uh, good luck with your amaryllis. Um, amaryllis are fascinating to me because, my goodness, they come in so many different forms, different pots, some glass, some clay, some plastic, gravel. They, I mean, they seem to be able to grow in just about anything. Sure, because they're bulbs that are ready to go. Yeah, just just firing up. You've reminded me. I think during the commercial break, I'm going to check out uh, my latest Amaryllis, and then we'll see where we're at. Okay. Okay. Okay, we'll be right back. Oh, actually, here's the numbers. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We do have room on the lines. Give us a call. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yes, we are back here on The Garden Show on this rather balmy 9th yeah. of December. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, the number's again, 416-360-0740 or one 740 uh, Let's go to our next caller there, Charlie. We have Tom on the line who's calling from Buffalo. Welcome to The Garden Show, Tom. Oh, thank you. Um, I think I'm going to go swimming today. It's so nice out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty mild, eh? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and I don't have and I don't have another amaryllis question. But anyhow, um, 
I get um, as seed bells that you hang up for the birds, mm-hmm. and these, these are tr- treated ones that the squirrels won't eat. And I've heard people say, oh, I've had those, and they don't work. The squirrels in, eat mm-hmm. them anyhow. I've been getting them for about four years now, and the squirrels will not eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's called Mis- Mr. Bird Flaming Hat Feast Wild uh, Seed Bell, and, yeah. and it does work. Um <laughs> The, I sit one on my porch, and I'll hang another one from the uh, the uh, roof of my porch. Squirrels have come up on my porch, eat a little bit, and, and run away, and don't come and, back. And run away with and, their tongues flapping. It, they've been treated yeah, with cayenne pepper. So it's the pepper. Yeah. It, like, the birds don't have the ability to um, – they have no – uh, taste receptors for peppers and t- cayenne yeah. pepper. They can eat super hot stuff, but squirrels are mammals just like us and they get the burn. Yeah. And so they take a couple little bites there and then they go, no, I'm out of here and run away. So right. good. It does work. That's good to know. Yeah. And, all, um, and obviously yeah, the squirrels have enough one. of a memory. Yes. That they know not, they look at that bird feeder later and they go, nope, not going there. Mm-hmm, I think so. Right. Yeah. Smart squirrels. That, how the birds <laughs> I was wondering about how the how the birds did, and uh, now I understand. Yeah, yeah, but, th- yeah. but this yeah, one exactly. really worked good. So, yeah, good. Well, I'm glad uh, they're working for to... you, and you obviously have smart squirrels. I'm not so sure about Toronto squirrels. They are absolutely <laughs> crazy. Like they have, I don't think they have memories at all. So those are the squirrels where people say, "Well, these don't work," because the squirrels don't remember. <laughs> they do work though. Well, I. I've heard people say, you know, they don't work. I've seen the squirrels eating them, but this one definitely works. I've been getting them for four years. I go through about a dozen of them a season, like one sitting right on my porch, you know. Nice. Yeah. And you get all the little birds coming to eat the seeds. That's nice. I love it. See, you sound like a very nice person supporting the birds all winter and not the squirrels. Well, it's not only for me, but it's for my cat, too. So she's able to go right up the door and sit there crouched down with her ears back and chattering away. Talking to the squirrels yeah, and the birds. Sweet. Well, you guys have nice. a good day. Thanks for calling. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the call there, uh, there Tom. You're welcome. Now, I got to tell you, Charlie, I had, do yeah. have it on my list. I, I actually, I don't hate the squirrels. I just, you know, I don't I just don't want them on my bird feeder. And so I'm actually really contemplating building a squirrel feeder because I've seen some of them and they're, they're also quite amusing. You know, so and they and and you know, it might keep them away from the things that we want them not to be on. I don't know, or it might just attract 500 more squirrels. <laughs> or it might do that. <laughs> and wow. Glass will... half full, glass half empty. <laughs> <laughs> neighbors will go, Oh, god, the Hollands have, have <laughs> are setting up like a squirrel sanctuary. <laughs> You know, yeah. you want to get rid of your squirrels, send them over to the Holland place. Yeah, I guess I have to be careful, don't I? <laughs> well, I mean, really, come on. How many squirrels can there be in my neighborhood? You know? Uh, <laughs> you start feeding them, there's going to be more. We'll <laughs> okay, let's, uh, you know what, Gabriella followed the rules. She uh, she called back. She has a quick question, I believe. So we're going back to Gabriella in Toronto. Welcome back to the Garden Show, Gabriella. Hi, I'm back again, real fast. Yes. You say the What's Toronto up? Garden place is that yes. the same one that used to be called Edwards Garden? 
Exactly. Toronto Botanical Garden is affiliated and actually separate, but right next door to Edwards Gardens, which is Lawrence and Leslie. There when they were little kids, you know, when my sister yeah. was trying to get rid of her house. And it was so beautiful because they have goldfish in the in the fountain area. And it's then changed a lot. Culture, uh, the, the, we, yes, we it's changed. A, if you haven't been there in 20 or 30 years, it's changed a lot. But you'll love it. It's very beautiful. Um, I'm not sure if there's any uh, living fish inside in the winter. I don't believe so. But there's lots and lots of plants and lots of smart people and some very cool gifts if you're looking for gifts for gardeners. So I'd recommend going next weekend if you can. What are the hours, please? Yes, the hours next weekend open. Well, Toronto Botanical Gardens is open all week, but the special holiday market opens next Friday from 2 until 8 p.m., so that's Friday, December 15th. Then it is open Saturday and Sunday, December 16th and 17th from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Admission is free. Oh, that's perfect okay, okay. because I'm very senior. That's great. There you go. Enjoy. 10 a.m. Yeah. to when again? Say that again. I don't have shorthand. That's why I need to ask it again. Sunday, 10 a.m. to what time again? 10 to 4. 4 Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Okay, you got to run, Gabriella. Yeah, okay. and you can always check yeah, them on the, the web. Yeah, yeah, for sure. TorontoBotanicalGarden.ca. Okay, uh, we have to run for another commercial, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We're back on The Garden Show. And, Charlie, we're going to go right to Tim in Uxbridge. Welcome to The Garden Show, Tim. Good morning. Hey there, Tim. Yeah, good, good morning. morning. What's up? Uh, first question. Charlie, oh, you get one question, Tim. One question. Oh, Charlie. One question per call. Uh, That's the rule. <laughs> Carry on. Tim? Yeah. Yeah, what's your question, my uh, friend? Charlie mentioned uh, tomatoes. Look three weeks ago, and I wanted to know the name of them. They're really good, she said. Oh, okay. Okay, got your pen? Yeah. Okay, pen or pencil, piece of paper. Simple name, two words. Primo, P-R-I-M-O, red. R-E-D. Now, if you Google Primo Red, you're going to see all kinds of different information about Primo Red. So it's obviously a name that's been used for God knows how long, and the name is attached to a whole bunch of different plants. So my Primo Red came from Stokes Seeds in St. Catherine. And I will buy more from them again next year. I'm sure I could check, make sure that hopefully they, they'll still have them. Very lovely plant. I would highly recommend it. Primo Red from Stokes Seeds yeah. in St. Catharines. Thank you very much. I have another question. Oh, <clears throat> um, I've got 18 turkeys out in the front lawn right now. Uh, <laughs> And no snow. 
Okay. That's yeah. It. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that ain't a question. That's sharing. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> thanks for the question and thanks for the sharing, Tim. Yeah. Primo. That was a primo question, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, let's go now to uh, Bill. Uh, Bill is in Pickering. Welcome to the Garden Show, Bill. Good morning to both of you. Morning. morning. Yeah, what's happening um, in Pickering? Any snow? No, it's just uh, all melted and seven degrees out here right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it seems to be all over the province about that. Yeah. Okie dokie. So what's up Charlie, in your world there, Bill? What you got for Charlie? Charlie, um, last year I spoke with you about using uh, a four-to-one mix water to hydrogen peroxide to, to keep mm-hmm. uh, to try and keep white flies down on my geraniums and that sort of thing. I winter quite mm-hmm. a few of them. And that mm-hmm. seemed to work, along with the sticky stickies, uh, a lot mm-hmm. better than it had previously. But okay. we also have some sage, rosemary, except that sort of thing. Can I mm-hmm. use it on them, uh, not on the plant, but on the, soil, the top of the soil mm-hmm. as well? Oh, for, the, for fungus gnats specifically? Yes. Yep. Um, okay, good question. Uh, well, number one, hydrogen peroxide will not hurt you or the plants. So if you do get some on the plants, don't worry about it. Um, I would, if you're in a lot of sun there, I would make a point of using clean, clear water to, to give a, a wash off after an hour or two. <clears throat> it might work. I mean, hydrogen peroxide will change up the chemistry a bit of your soil and it might just make it an unhappy environment for fungus to grow. I'd have to look a little deeper to tell you definitively, but if, as far as I'm concerned, it won't hurt anything. So it's worth a try. Okay. Um, I used uh, a fairly strong uh, mixture of, for soil of, uh, uh, potting soil. And then I heard you last week saying it doesn't have any nutrition. So I've been, mm-hmm. what can I use on my, uh, sage? Okay, so the sage, this is something you brought in from the summer, was outside? Yes. Edible? Yeah. Uh, Okay, remember that it's much darker and cool, so it's cooler, but it's much darker in our houses than it is outside. So the sage will have slowed right down in its growth. It'll just be kind of sitting there, I would think, in a pot in in your house rather than all, you know, bountiful and growing like it was back in July and August. I would not put a lot of fertilizer on any of my houseplants at this time unless they are actively growing so you've got active growth of on your amaryllis or your orchids or your christmas cactus or your african violets you can fertilize but for things like sage or palm trees or anything that's just a little green sitting there plant don't fertilize until we start to get longer days so in february you can start fertilizing your sage with just an all-purpose water-soluble it can be a you know a ten 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 or um, the Schultz I think um, uh, um, Mary Campbell referred to with her palm tree she uses the little drops in the in the water every time she waters Schultz is a very popular for liquid fertilizer easy to use uh, or just the blue powder uh, mixed with the water and water but don't do it now wait until February. Okay. Okay. Thank you very Thanks much. For Have a great weekend. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Bill. And uh, also. So I just mentioned with the fertilizer, generally we don't fertilize every time we water. If we are going to fertilize every time we water, we use half strength or less of the recommended dosage. Okay, let's quickly see if we can squeeze Nancy in. Nancy from Burlington, welcome to the Garden Show. Nancy. Oh, hi. Um, I'm not sure that you can squeeze me in. Um, (laughs) I had um, 
uh, um, an apple tree that died, but I kept mm-hmm. the trunk about um, maybe six, seven feet. At the mm-hmm. base of the, of the tree was a euonymus bush, and the euonymus yeah. bush fell in love with the leftover trunk of the apple tree and climbed it uh, and mm-hmm. formed a euonymus tree. Mm-hmm. A beautiful, beautiful tree, maybe 15 feet high. Mm-hmm. Um, the unfortunate thing is that uh, in one of the windstorms, um, the base that uh, was probably well rotted um, cracked and uh, oh, the, the tree the has tree fallen over. And I'm just wondering, can I save it? Okay, so if the tree came down, if that's the, the rottage that happened, then the euonymus has nothing to grow on. Euonymus yeah. is a vine, so it, it needs yeah. to grow on something or it'll just be a ground cover. So if you can get something back in there, an obelisk, some stakes, and give that euonymus something to grow on. Like you could certainly bang some stakes in, like three or four stakes, a couple inches apart, wrap chicken wire around the stakes, and then the euonymus will grow in a column up the stakes. That can work. Uh, You'll have to prune back everything and clean it all up in the spring. I wouldn't get too overly concerned with doing much right now, though. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks for the call. Uh, Give us a call next week early in the show if you need more information than that, because we do have to go, unfortunately. Um, But thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, Interesting group of callers this week, Dean. Um, I did share with you my story about my amaryllis that talk to each other. So I'll I'll share that with you next week. Well, Uh, yeah, it's a cliffhanger. I'm looking forward. Yeah, so tune in 9 a.m. If if you're available, I'm speaking to everybody next week. In the meantime, happy Hanukkah. Enjoy the week. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.